A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shot stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stock. May your call to the wild be answered. And at the end of the day, may you share in the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight pointers and the 12 ounces. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12 and 24 pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. Well, I'm a little bit bashful at the moment. I'm worried that I have mustard hanging off my beard. Hey everybody, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound podcast. The stories behind the stories along with my partner in crime. That's right. Where's the mustard? Well, how much do you want to pay me to tell you where it's at? I just leave it there. Six bucks because that'll get me another (laughs) pronto pup. How many pronto pups have you had so far at the fair? Just one. Just one? Off pronto pup. Keep in mind, I was here at 7 this morning, so I'm doing very well. That's the only thing I've had to eat. That's impressive. So You've got a lot more food options to go for the rest of the afternoon. Oh, my gosh. First day of the State Fair, too, is, is a, I always say it's the hidden secret, is to come to the State Fair on the first day. Well, apparently the secret's out. It is out, because it's packed and jammed and full of people fair-going today. We're hanging out at the Minnesota Bound Log Cabin. I cannot believe that we are back here. Once a year, we meet on the first day of the fair, and we sit down and talk about favorite state fair moments and memories. We're going to take a few questions from the audience today. We even have a special guest we're going to be talking to. What For you, what do you remember about the fair from when you were a little kid? Oh, my goodness. Well, I think... You know, the Minnesota State Fair is a mandatory event when growing up here, and you have to visit the fair every year to capture all the memories. And my favorite memory is probably the horse barn, because I grew up riding horses. I was a barrel racer. My sister and I were um, doing all the rodeo sports, so and also in 4-H. And so we would spend time here with our horses. And the fun part was that you sometimes you'd spend the night, like, sleeping on a bale of hay in the trailer because it you know would take a long time to get in and out of the fair so you just slept either in a stall or something like that so that was kind of a fun memory growing up all right so you were there in official capacity me as a little kid walking through there i was looking at all the you know the kids having fun with their buddies it was almost like summer camp but there were two things that always caught my attention number one the smell in there and number two the heat that's true, but which barn are you talking about here? Because the smell is a little bit different from the horse barn versus the pig barn versus the poultry barn. I would say there's probably a little bit of a, a scale of, of scent going on. So am, which one was the most memorable, Bill? Uh, <laughs> obviously, my palate is not as refined as yours. They, well, when you grow up in the farm world, you kind of figure it out real quick. But could you sleep at night? No, you didn't because, you know, at being young girls and there's, you know, running around and there's excitement and, um, and there's noises throughout the night. You really didn't, but it was just part of the experience. And it was, you know, it's like having a slumber party with your horse. You're like, sweet. So um, you wake up extra tired, but you still have a really great time. And, of course, you get to eat all the food here at the fair, which is, um, you know, a kid's dream. 
So. So what were you doing during the day? Showing horses? Yeah, you would have a certain time that you would go in for for your event. So there was certain things like halter or Western pleasure. There's barrel racing. There's pole bending. Um, and it just goes on and on. And different horses come in um, throughout the days at the fair to do different events. So you're only, you weren't here all 12 days. You're here just for a few of those days. Um, but at that point, then you just would just walk around and, you know, find trouble where you could. But it was great. I think everybody has their favorite state fair memory. If it's their favorite food, if it's their... Um, you know, what, coming up here to the Northwoods, uh, of course, all the tractors and things that are up here to look at. So it's, it's, um, it's like iconic to our state, and that's why it's so popular. Unbelievable. I did not know that you stayed. We did that at the county fair, too. So at the Anoka County Fair is how you qualify for the state fair, and then you'd spend the night there as well. Wow. It was good times. What's your favorite food here at the fair, Bill? Speaking Wh of food. Whatever's next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've always been a sucker for the cheese curds. That's, um, a, that's a staple for sure. You know, I can remember I was probably in my teens and the newspaper actually printed the recipe for the cheese curds here at the state fair. Please tell me you tried this at home. So growing up, when you have a cabin, a family cabin, when you get into those teen years, the parents need to go to the cabin and you're home for sports and things like that. So, yes, I waited till they were gone to the cabin. Mom awesome. and dad left and I tried deep frying, frying cheese curds. Hot oil with the batter in the kitchen and it was a disaster. Was the house still standing afterwards? So, yes, <laughs> that time, yes. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> there is another story about burning the house down, but we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah, it would be an hour-long story, I'm but guessing. But what I was baffled by is I knew how to cook quite well, but they tasted nothing like any sort of cheese curd you would ever get at the fair. So, yeah. Was it better or worse? No, it was awful. <laughs> it was like dough. It just <laughs> didn't work. So, anyhow, there you go. That's why you can only get those special things at the fair, like the deep-fried candy bar. Could you imagine trying that at home? I mean, it would probably be a total disaster, but you got to leave it to the experts. You know, that's why you come to the fair to get the special fair food. Yeah, it's, I'm looking around and this is all tradition, right? The John Deere tractors are right across from the Minnesota bound cabin. And I'd come as a little kid, crawl up into the cab in one of the bigger tractors. We'd go down to see how they made ice cream with the old track. You know, they're just a lot of memories. And it's crazy because things have changed here. Yes, they have. Some of the grown. areas I remember as a kid are long gone and commercialized. And so but the haunted house change. is still here, isn't it? The haunted house is still here. That is iconic, the haunted house. It is a scary haunted house, by the way, at least when I remembered it. It was funny. We were walking down there earlier to get a few pictures, and I heard somebody in the crowd talking about how they have had a lifetime of nightmares because of that I bet. haunted house. I think back in the day when I would go through it, I feel like they could actually grab you, like grab your arm. And that was terrifying. Like they could physically touch you and out of the, you know, it's completely dark and they're grabbing your arm and you're just like, ah! Um, so yes, I also have nightmares from the haunted house. And I have not gone back in there for years, I think because of that reason. So well, maybe after I'm a little chicken. 
to go After in there. the podcast, maybe I'll buy a couple <laughs> tickets to the haunted house, and you and I will take our first work date uh, and go to the haunted house. But first, we're going to make some new memories at the fair. Yeah, speaking of memories. And they're already happening, and I'm a little weirded out and intrigued by what's going on today, because just to your right, there is a tall gentleman and a <laughs> Minnesota golfer ball cap. Shout out, homie. And he has something in his hands, and he is doing something very special. He is sketching in pencil, both you and I, podcasting. Kickley, the artist, is visiting us here at the Minnesota Bound Law Cabin. How are you doing? Uh, amazingly well. You are a part of the Minnesota Bound story this year yep. at the fair. You have an incredible story to tell. As a little backdrop here this morning, early on when Laura and I showed up, people started coming into the fair. We always shoot what we call our television wraps for the show, which is the portion of the show where we're on camera. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Here's the story we've got. Meanwhile, you have an easel out with paintbrushes hanging out of that ball <laughs> cap, and you're doing your thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who are you? <laughs> Yeah, that's what a lot of people ask. It's like, what are you doing? Are you painting me? <laughs> and I'm painting a picture right now. Like, you're talking to us, but you're not looking at us. Your head well, is I'm in looking your at sketchbook, you. yeah, no, and I'm, your pencil is going like... I have pretty good peripheral vision, so I can actually look at Laura right now's eyes and look at my sketchbook. All so. right, you are an artist by trade, and you're creating this new Minnesota legacy. Yeah. Right? You want to document everything Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota is my muse. So if you have some kind of connection to me and my history of growing up here, you'll probably be painted or drawn at some point. And I believe we originally discovered you, Kickley, when you painted um, the Minnesota Bound Log Cabin here at the State Fair. And yep. you have an interesting story on... Minnesota Bound and your connection to that through your own black lab. Yeah, yeah, I had a black lab when I was a child uh, as my first dog, well, probably my only dog as a kid. We had a black lab named Tootsie. And so when we first, uh, or when I first saw the Minnesota, I, it wasn't called Minnesota Bound, right? At it first, was, was called it? Minnesota Bound, oh, yes. I forgot that. But, that's right, know, it's I been remember, a lot of years. Yeah, but I remember your dad being on CARE 11, and they did the little segment, like a probably like a five-minute segment. Yep. And, yeah, I was hooked because it was like, oh, look, there's Tootsie, you know. Amazing. And you also have ties to the fair. Yes. Yeah, I've been coming. This is my 47th year in a row. So the uh, year that they canceled it, I had just come back from Paris. Um, I was in a car accident uh, uh, seven years ago now. And I went to Paris to rehabilitate and relearn how to make art. And I started painting there. And when I came back here, um, it was probably like 2018, end of 2018. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and they canceled the fair. And I was pretty devastated, you know, because I'm like, on oh, my streak. <laughs> you know, I have two streaks that are going strong. I haven't thrown up. Since I was uh, oh, a that's real, really young. That's an impressive streak and, right there, actually. And, but my Minnesota State Fair one <laughs> is even stronger. So I was like, I, you know, they're not breaking my streak. So the stuff that I learned in Paris with these uh, 
you know, all the old artists uh, in their history, they kept sketchbooks and they worked from the sketchbooks documenting first and then going back to the studio and recreating it and, you know, like a study of paint first and then bigger paintings, you know, and until they got to the final size, which was their final painting. So I'm like, I'm going to start doing that here. And I made the, I made 80, 80 paintings in three months wow. uh, for the year that it didn't, you know, the 2020. And then the next year, when it, when the fair came around, I was like, I want to try and do that same amount of paintings in 12 days. So that's what I did. But I, I did 83. So I, I bested myself. By Unbelievable. Wow. And what is it about the state fair that draws you to paint so much of it? Well, it's like what you guys are just talking about, the haunted house, you know. I'll never go back in there. <laughs> Me and my brother, for some reason, you know, I was like, I must have been 11. My brother's two and a half years younger than me, and we were begging, please, can we go in there? My dad, my, my family was like, just take him in there. My dad took us in. And my little brother started just crying hysterically as soon as, because they could touch you. They That's grabbed right. Okay, you. I was right about that. Yeah, That's what I thought. Yeah, they grabbed you. They were doing whatever. And my dad... He started swearing and cursing and <laughs> how the heck yeah, get out of here and and that Where's terrified me. My dad terrified me more of him. He was trying to get out, but there was no way to get out. You had to go through no, the whole thing. They forced you to go through and it. He was causing a storm. Well the monsters and stuff were backing off from him. <laughs> and you couldn't see anything at that time. I don't nope. know if you could, but it was like an area no, you it was couldn't. just all dark except for those moments where they come popping out at you. And so we came out the I think he did. They, he caused such a stir, they let him out a side door. And we went out the side door, and my family was just laughing hysterically because my, my younger brother was just blood-curdling crying, and I was just terrified for my dad, and he was, <laughs> like, causing still a storm. So it's, it's little things like every, every spot around here has a memory. You know, again, 40, 40, you know, up to that point, 44 years of memories of coming here every year, you know. Two of my brothers, or three of my brothers, I have four brothers, Two, three of them won't come here anymore because <laughs> they don't like it. Because my dad would bring us, he was a teacher, and, and for some reason we, went, we came here on the last day of the fair every year. So he'd wake us up at four in the morning, we'd get here, park on the north lot, come in and spend the whole day here. And then the next day we'd go to school. So they were like everything. So they think the fair reminds them of going to school. So to me, I, I loved it. You know, it's a great way to wrap up summer. And so you have this book that is for sale in the Minnesota Mountain Log Cabin. Yep. That is impressions of the state fair. So this is from um, last year. Whoop! There we go. Um, and for those that are listening, how would you describe your style of painting? Because it is very well, unique. It's, you know, it's, again, it's, I, I was more drawn to the, no pun intended, but I was more drawn to the Impressionists of, uh, of France and that movement that, so it's like I, I come from more of an illustration or a comic book background. So I'm kind of somewhat melding the two together. You know, I'm not really trying to do Impressionism. I'm trying to honor those guys, but it's just, you only have really 40 minutes to document something before the light changes if you're working outside. Now, if you're working from a photo, which I really don't like to do, you can spend weeks on a photo. But 
when you see something and the light's hitting it right, you only have moments to drop your stuff, get everything ready and start painting. So by the time you start painting, you now only have 30 minutes to do stuff. So, you know, I've developed like my whole work style I would say more than just the painting of how I go about and do all this stuff at the games and wherever. It's just, it's through my time in Paris. I was talking to Bill earlier and I was saying, you know, I had more failure in Paris than I did here, you know, because I I was bumbling around a lot there, like lugging gear that I really didn't need. Um paints that I didn't need, you know, everything of, you know, I started sticking my brushes up in my hat at the fair last year. And, you know, I just, I just put them up here because I kept looking around, where did I put my brush? And so I just started putting them in my hat because I could see them out of the corner of my eye. And then, you know, I'd, I'd put three brushes up there, you know, when I started covering the PGA uh, 3M golf uh, tournament here. People were laughing, and I was making videos of which, you know, whispering and saying, which, which brush will Kickley go with next? Will he go with the three wood? Will he go with the, with the iron? Or, you know, it's like, and, you know, I have three brushes just like a golfer would have used, you know, three clubs, a putter, a, you know, a wood and an iron, you know. So it just became easy. So people t are laughing at me all the time being like, you must be a painter. And I'm like, how do you know that? And it's just I have brushes sticking out of my hat. <laughs> All right, I want to go back to the accident for a moment, mm -hmm. if you're comfortable talking yeah. about it, because you've always been an illustrator, mm -hmm. but that accident was life-changing. What yeah. happened that day? Was, I, I always say to people, it was like, it was the worst thing to ever happen to me and the best thing to ever happen to me, because, you know, up until that point, I, I, I was ruled by fear. And being afraid to do things or take chances. You know, I wanted to go to Paris all, all my life, you know, because that's where the artists that I looked up to, um, everyone went through Paris, you know, to be an artist, to, do, to really, you know, to take that journey. But I was just too afraid. And I, I was rear-ended um, off of uh, 94 going through the tunnel towards 394. So I guess that's west. It was January... Um, the, it was a bright, sunny day morning, and when he came out of the tunnel, it was just wet, uh, and the sun was out, and it was just glaring, and all these cars were every which way, pot, you know, like, turned and stopped, so I had, like, moments to make a decision, and I missed everything, and I was like, I can't believe I missed everything, and then I looked behind me, and here comes this truck, and it just hit me, and then the truck behind him hit him and hit me and then the semi behind them hit all of us again so it was you know my back was pretty messed up from for more from me turning and looking but you couldn't you couldn't illustrate anymore right no i uh the the nerve on my spine on the top of my back went right down my arm my right my drawing arm so i couldn't put pressure on my my elbow or you know lean lean with my on my forearm to then draw with my wrist. Um, so it just, it, I, I, in, I, with where I was injured in my lower back, I couldn't sit for a long period of time. So it just, you know, it, it drove me into depression. 
and you know, I po you know, I went through physical. Th you know, I tried everything up until that point. I was like going to chiropractor. I tried. I hate needles, but they had needles all over me because I was just like, do whatever. Uh, massage therapy, which again sounds cool, but <laughs> the way that it bruised you from all the hard, deep tissue stuff wasn't fun. I, you know, I did that for months, still didn't work. And then, you know, my car insurance place sued me, <laughs> took me to court saying, you're faking it. And so I had to deal with that. And it's like all this, you know, it's, com it's, it's funny now, you know, it was, it's, it's like a movie of like how many bad things can happen to you when something bad happens to you. And so I just kind of, I started developing this, this uh, just letting go, you know, I couldn't control it. And, you know, up to that point, like I said, I was living by fear of trying to control everything, of nothing happening to me and being afraid of something that happened to me. And uh, then I started physical therapy in, uh, in a Dyna PDR. And, you know, they had like a mental side of things too. And I didn't want to go to it, but the, the, the lady was like, whoa, what else are you going to do? And I'm like, oh, you're right. So I went to it. And the first thing they showed on a board is like, this is, this, these are the steps. You're going through this, this, and this. And I'm like, how do they know this? And she goes, this is called post-traumatic stress. And I'm like, I thought only veterans got that, you know, like, uh, or, you know, uh, people in war. I was naive. So, but it was what I was going through. And it just made me feel like, oh, I'm, I'm normal because I didn't feel normal. So after I finished with the, with the um, rehab, I, I still couldn't draw because everything that I was trying to do before was for myself. Um, you know, I was trying to be an independent comic book creator and be the best that I could be and do original stuff and everything. So I had high expectations for myself. And I was doing pretty good, you know. But all that came to a, with the price when the car accident happened because it kind of merged all the stress of everything that I was going through in my real life or my personal life with the car accident. So I kind of had to um, get beyond that. So, I, you know, they suggested you need to do something completely different to kind of jump kick your system because whenever I got around anything to do with art, I felt like passing out. I literally started blacking out and wow. seeing stars and everything. So I'm like, and that's what drove me into depression because I'm like, I'm never going to be able to do, I literally built myself to do this one thing and be good at it. And now I can't do it. What am I going to do now? And that's what brought Go you to Paris. Paris. Well, and that's what they said, do something completely different. And so I was like, well, I've always wanted to go to Paris. And they said, you know, go ahead. And my wife was like, please go. I want my husband back. I'm sure. So, you know, I got her blessing, and I went there, and, you know, uh, my wife had a step, has a step aunt that, that's French, and her, her and her daughter still live there, so I reached out to them, and they were like, yes, please come. So I spent uh, the first year back and forth, because I didn't get a visa or anything. Um, I spent three months there and came back for a month and went for another three months and just kind of kept doing that. And that's where the painting came? Yeah, I didn't paint much the first Maybe first time that I went, it was still very injured. I was still sore, and I was lugging around, you know, uh, luggage and whatnot. 
and then you know but i was going to museums and looking and trying to you know it was hard not to be inspired in paris you know it was you know you're walking around in history whether sure. it be like world war Two or you know whatever it's just it's it's just cool to be there and and the light you know i always wondered why people went there to paint and the light is just it's there's something about it that within the atmosphere there that how and, I, and my theory is that paris is surrounded by farmland so there's a lot of dust when you go out to the farmlands and stuff so it kicks up like a lot of dust in the humidity so it must the light must catch that and paris being surrounded by that it must have some kind of because it's just it's just other world of i've never seen anything like it so yeah, it was hard not to. I started painting, and I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I kind of dabbled with, you know, I tried to watercolor and, and paint before. I didn't know what I was doing. So I literally just was like, I'm going to start from zero like I know nothing and just uh, start, start from zero and work my way up. Which takes us to the next chapter. This the year. Explosion here. Yeah. But first, we need to thank some sponsors. You're listening to the Minnesota Bound Podcast. I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods, along with Kickley and my co-host, Laura Shera. Hey, it's my turn to talk about the greatest drinking water, bathing water, water period I have in my home, all brought to me by the Connecticut water system. Connecticut. I've had it for years. Uh, you've heard me perhaps boasting about it before. Uh, Connecticut, I can't speak highly enough of it. Um, just from the top, no electricity. That's good. Uses very little salt. And just a little background, uh, where I live along the Rum River, north of Anoka, uh, the water when I bought that home, uh, full of iron, stained everything, uh, and it didn't smell very good either. Uh, the Connecticut folks came in, put a system in there, uh, all of the iron stain went away, the odor went away, and in, and in its place, I ended up with great drinking water right at the at the uh, kitchen sink uh, or great water for showers, etc. I just can't say enough about Connecticut, so check them out at... Uh, Connecticut.com. Did you know that a propane gas furnace lifespan averages 20 years while electric heat pumps only last about 14 years? And propane furnaces work in all temperatures while delivering warm and consistent heat in your home. Why buy two heating systems when propane furnace can do it all? Lasts longer, works better, and costs less. These things and more are being done today with propane. The right energy right now. Come visit Oliver Kelly Farm near Elk River, where you can learn about the past and the present of agriculture in Minnesota on a real working 1860s farm. Explore the historic homestead of Oliver H. Kelly, founder of the first successful national farming organization. Also, get up close with the animals, the gardens, fields, and natural areas. Step back in time and experience life on a farm over 150 years ago. Learn more at mnhs.org slash kellyfarm. Hewitt Docks, Lifts, and Pontoon Legs began in a small south-central Minnesota town with a mission to make dock install and removal easier by inventing the Rolla Dock. Well, now the company has evolved to provide everything you might need to improve your lake time. 
In addition to the classic Roller Dock or the new Ultra Dock system, Hewitt offers all-terrain staircases, gangways, canopies, and lifts, along with any accessory you might need. Celebrate 50 years of business with us. Go to HewittRad.com to enter for a chance to win a free dock and monthly prizes. Hewitt Docks, lifts, and pontoon legs. Work hard, play harder. You deserve a Hewitt. Okay, welcome back to the Minnesota Bound podcast. The stories behind the story. Kickley is our partner in crime today. The artist. Uh, who is staring intently and has his illustration book. Well, I just want to show you, Kickley also painted the Horse Coliseum. There it so is. So yeah. here's what it was like. That's where you were. When you'd show your horse at the State Fair. See, I started in the north. I didn't know how I was going to do it last year, do it live, because with the first book, the 2020 that I did for my sketchbooks, I I more built a narration like you came in the front gate on the what would be what the uh, east uh, the east side, the main gates, and then I brought them through like a route, you know, and then you ended on the south gate. Wow! And then you ended on the bus. So doing it. Last year, I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. I, you know, I'm going to get super exhausted going all over the place. So I need to, so I just started in the north and spent three days in the north. And then I moved to the, which I don't know if it's the east or whatever, but moved there. And then I just kind of kept moving around until I got to the south where the midway is. And doing I, multiple paintings yeah, a day. I did, I did about, one, the, my, my worst day was six. Huh. I, was, I was so tired. I and bet. that painting, uh, there's a painting of a sheep. I was literally painting a sheep. And I told my daughter who was with me, I was like, you got to get me out of here. I'm going to fall asleep. I'm, I'm just going to pass out. I'm so tired. And I didn't know, I think if you keep going this way, I, I, I just didn't know how I was going to do it at that point. And we got out. I was like, you got to get me around people. No, that's, that's a llama. That's a llama. <laughs> Uh, I was like, you got to get me around people because people are going to start saying, hey, I saw you on the news or yeah, what are you doing or whatever. And it's going to energize me uh, being around people. So that's what I did. There it is. Oh, there, there it is. is. And, and this year your goal is food. Yeah. So, you know, I want to keep it interesting for me. I could keep painting like these style paintings, but I want to exp- let the thing that I noticed last year is like I'm not painting any food. You know, I want to, but will that work within this kind of style of book? You know, if I just show one big, huge shot of food. And maybe it would, but at the time, I just, I couldn't get, you know, it's a lot of trial and error, and it's just like, I, I, the safe, I took, you know, took kind of like the safe route of just like, I don't want to think about, I don't want to spend too much energy trying to be creative on the spot, because, you know, it's, I might get, a couple bad paintings out of it and then it will really start defeating you and and draining your energy even more so i just i was like next year maybe i'll do food so the other thing i think is really intriguing about your career aside from the state fair you love sports minnesota sports and everyone wants you just around at the rink or the arena or the field now yeah no it's fun uh, my so we all got me and my family got COVID over the winter, which reactivated. Like I didn't have any cough or anything like that, but I had more of the aches and the pains. 
and it reactivated all my injury pains from the accident. So I was laying on the couch for two weeks, just being like, ugh, this again. And so my brother then um, invited me to a stretch of wild games, like a 10 home game stretch. It was towards the latter part of the season. So I was like, sure. And I went and I brought my sketchbook like this and I just started sketching and I was like, this is what I want to do. I don't want to be stuck in my studio anymore. I want to, this feels like Paris in a weird way. Like again, the fair reminded, doing the fair last year reminded me of Paris. And so as I, as tired as I was, I was constantly thinking like, this is going to stink when this is over because what am I going to do then? And I, I tried to paint the Vikings last year, but I did it from home and it's not fun painting on t from TV because they're giving you one camera angle. So what I learned from then going to the wild is how to position myself around the arena. And, you know, people got a kick out of me of, you know, because the, the second game I brought my paints and I just started painting and everybody was like, I've never seen anything like this. What are you doing? <laughs> so, and, you know, I just saw uh, Paul Allen and... Uh, at his booth and they were saying the same thing. Like last year, you know, I went and did a painting of them at their booth and they just, they're like, are you painting us? And I said, yeah, and I showed it to them and they're just like, what the heck? And uh, I just did, uh, I went over to the PJ Flex show this morning and I did them. And uh, Ron, Ron, Ron was like, is he drawing us? And they were all <laughs> like, yeah, don't you know about this guy? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> so. You know, this, somebody within the MLB reached out to me and said, you know, you're becoming an MLB legend. And I said, huh? What do you mean? And he's like, everyone within the MLB is talking about you. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Very cool. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm just, to me, it's, it's hard to do this stuff, right? To go in and stay focused. And especially, well, it's easy doing you guys because, you know, like Bill was getting up this morning back and forth when I was painting you guys doing your live show. But it's, it's even more difficult to remember a three-second play. Sure. And then have 15 minutes to hurry up and do it before I forget it. Yeah. And so I kind of have to have... I, people ask me if I have a... Uh, um, what... Uh, the memory... Uh, you know, oh, photographic? Photographic memory, yeah. See, I don't have photograph. I couldn't remember <laughs> that, that word. So, um, and I say, no, I just remember it, and then I get it on paper, and then I dump it. And then, you know, so it's kind of more, I, I would think it's more like an actor, you know, trying to become a role. Like if I'm Daniel Day-Lewis and I want to be Abraham Lincoln, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be Abraham Lincoln for 15 minutes and then dump it and move on to the next one. So I didn't know what I meant by that, but... Awesome. Well, if people want to come see you at the State Fair, you are planning on painting all 12 days of the State Fair again this year. Yep. And you're going to be painting right here at the Minnesota Bound Lock Cabin. Exactly. And I do remember you saying you're going to be here from, is it 8 a.m. to 8 p.m.? 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. Every day. Yep. How about that schedule, Bill? 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. painting. It's amazing, but when you look at his work... It makes sense. It does yeah. make sense. You are capturing stories. Yeah. And they are endless. Yeah. It's fun. Well, we appreciate you taking the time for us this year. Yes. It's a fun, fun partnership. It started with 
a black lab, and now yep. uh, look Here where I am. we are. Look. Here we are, full circle. Pretty soon, Ron will adopt me and you know, <laughs> be part of the family. Welcome hey. to the family. We love that. <laughs> Before you go, I have to ask you, too. Yeah. Kickley. Yep. Where does that come from? Is that your last name, first yeah, name, it, nickname? It, so Kickley should be my real last name. Uh, I grew up under Heedy. Um, and uh, my great-grandfather died in a mining accident in Pittsburgh, Kansas, which the town doesn't exist anymore because I'm, I'm assuming that it was a mining town. So it dried up and so did the town. So my great-grandfather died in a mining accident and his best friend that came over with him remarried my great-grandmother and then she died. And so he adopted the two kids, which was my grandfather and his sister. And then they moved to northern Minnesota to the mines up there. And they grew up in Chisholm. So my dad was born and raised in Chisholm. And so we, we grew up with the name Heedy. And, uh, yeah, so when I found out that story, I was kind of like, really? Because, you know, my life before, I, you know, it's hard to do art. And it's hard to try and find who you are in art. And I was skipping steps, which a lot of people do. They don't, you know, they don't really go through, like, learning the basics and learning, you know, perspective. And, you know, you want to get to the cool stuff as quickly as possible, right? But so I kind of felt like I was faking most of my life artistically. And then, you know, then I found out my real last name wasn't my real last name. And so I kind of felt like I was you know, <laughs> a fake. So when I was over in Paris and I was doing those first oil paintings, it wasn't it I kept wiping down my board every single painting and just getting rid of the painting. And I probably did maybe about 60, 70 paintings that way until I got to one that was like, this is actually pretty good. I don't want to wipe this one off. But I didn't want to sign my name. So I was like, I'm going to sign my, what should be my real last name. And so I adopted what who I really am and so I'm like I'm gonna use that for my artist name and that's kind of how it came about so when I sign my name I sign it backwards kickly backwards so it's kind of a reflection I see it as a reflection of me in the artwork so yeah very cool great story well thanks for sharing your yeah your story today and again if you want to Meet Kickley at the Minnesota Bound Log Cabin at the State Fair. He's here every day from 8 to 8. Look at that. Wow. He actually sketched both Bill and I sitting here at the podcast in Man, a matter of minutes. Man, I am so much more handsome in charcoal <laughs> and <laughs> bleached white paper. <laughs> it's unbelievable and so weird to have somebody doing that, but amazing. Yeah. What talent. All right. Well, I think we're going to also take some questions from the audience if anybody has any questions regarding Minnesota Bound, about Bill, my dad, myself, Kickley. We are going to, but first we're going to thank oh. a few sponsors. All right. got a break coming up. Um, you are listening to the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. Hi there, Ron Shera here for Star Bank. If you're putting your money into mega banks down the street, who knows where that money's being used? Bank locally. Keep your money local with a community bank that actually cares about you, your family, your business, and your goals. Check out the bank we use at Minnesota Bound. Try Minnesota's own Star Bank. You can find them online at starbank.net. When you call Star Bank, you actually hear a real living person answering the phone. 
Star Bank has 10 convenient locations around Minnesota to serve you and all the mobile banking products that you need to manage your money. Check out all that Star Bank has to offer at StarBank.net. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Hey everybody, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. It's time to plan your fall hunt in North Dakota. Get this, with an estimated 3.4 million breeding ducks, North Dakota Central Region is prime habitat for hunting waterfowl. In fact, right now, the state's breeding duck index sits 38% above the long-term average. And the water's up, too. The spring water index is up 616% over 2021. That's a good thing. Now, when you consider that North Dakota has approximately 700,000 acres of private land open to public walk-in hunting, guess what? You've got an outdoor oasis. For the latest information about public hunting lands and private land open to sportsmen and women, visit North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Bag your limit this fall in North Dakota. Visit LegendaryND.com. All right. This is kind of becoming a Minnesota-bound tradition at the fair, now that podcasts are a thing. That's right. This is year two of podcasting at the state fair. Question and answer time. We have a little crowd around us. Does anyone have any questions about the television shows, anything else about what we do as an outdoor television production company? Anyone? You get a free shirt if you ask a question. A well, free Anna just t-shirt? upped the ante right there. Well, let me ask a question yes. then. Free T-shirt. You got a question for Minnesota Bound. I did have somebody ask today about how we started with the cabin and all of that. Do you remember being younger and having to come to the fair with your dad? Outside I of did, your you know, 4-H my, work? It was actually my sister that originally um, was working the Minnesota Bond Log Cabin. So years ago, the State Fair approached my dad about doing a retrieving demonstration with Raven at right here where the Lumberjack Show was. And that's how um, it originally started where my dad was attending the fair every day with Raven and showing her retrieving skills. And then I believe it was a log cabin um, builder that had a cabin here, but they wanted to fill it with something. And so my dad and my sister came up with the Minnesota Bound Log Cabin, and then it became a permanent structure at the fair. So that's how that originally got started. And now here here we we are. are. I have We've, a question for you. Sure. All right, well, first, hold on. Tell us who you are. My name is Phil Levine. Phil. Where, where are you from, Phil? Golden Valley. Excellent. Right where our office is. Yeah. Oh, oh, nice. Um, my question is, how many shows have you produced, and how long have you been on the air? Oh, well, we just recently, actually it's been a couple months now, celebrated our 1,000th episode. And a fun fact about that, uh, shows that have had... A thousand episodes besides ours would be like Wheel of Fortune, Oprah, I think was on the list. Uh, Cheers. Cheers. And our small little TV show called Minnesota Bound. So that um, was fun to celebrate. But in the years now, are we on 27? Yeah. Uh, a lot of years. A lot and, of years. And what people, First, I think it's 27. People here know us from Minnesota Bound. Yeah. But we do a bunch of other outdoor television shows as well. Do North Outdoors, Destination Players, Made for the Outdoors. I I think we counted not long ago, 
since I've been a part of the company, I've worked on 14 different television shows. And where are they on? Are they on network? All over the place. Regional networks all over. So when we talk about, you know, how many episodes have we done? Thousands. Thousands. And it's amazing. And television is a little bit like restaurants, right? Projects come and go. And that's what's made Minnesota Bound so special is for some reason it connected with the people in this state. And we've been hearing it all day long. Oh, you guys put me to bed every Sunday night. I fall asleep to you. And that it couldn't be any better for us. We are so lucky in that regard that we've had such a great partnership with CARE 11 that fights to keep us on the air. And after the newscast, we tried to tell some positive stories, share stories like his, and put people to, get people to bed feeling good about the week ahead. Well, keep up the good work. Well, thanks well, thank for the question. You. Another question. What's your name? It's Justin James. Justin James. Where are you from, from, Justin? From Oakdale. Oakdale, Oakdale awesome. Minnesota. Uh, my question is, I was curious, what is your best fishing and hunting story? Ooh, there's a long list of those. Experience or story that we've... I remember, I remember one of the stories from long ago when you were, you were fishing. I think it was the first time you caught... A muskie? Yes. Yes, yes. that's a memorable one. one. Yes. Do you have any other stories like that where it was like almost life-changing for you? Oh, my goodness. You know, one of the, my favorite parts of this job is um, the people you meet and how much you learn on the job because there's a lot of people out there that are so passionate about what they do, and there's also those that are doing great conservation efforts, and you learn so much from those people each time um, you spend time together, and you're able to share that with other people, which is um, the favorite part of the job is just having all of those learning experiences. And um, I love seeing people and spending time with people who are so passionate about what they do or their hobbies. And that just brings out this energy in other people that um, is really contagious. So that's that's a really joy part of the job. Um, you know, personal memories of, of, you know, fishing. Of course, my first muskie, that's always um, a very cherished memory. My dad was there to witness it. I think we all remember that story. Right. Right? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Probably because I was just cheering. And yeah. it, it had been a lot of years I'd been out trying to catch a muskie. And um, and so when I finally had the opportunity, I had a lot, quite a few misses before that opportunity happened. So it was a lesson of don't quit, keep going. And I finally got there. So um, that was a good one. And, um, you know, another time, so it's just, it's just popping randomly in my head, is I, I went hunting with a gentleman who um, breeds and hunts standard poodles because standard poodles were originally bred as hunting dogs, which today not many of them do that anymore. But he still had... Um, a group of, of standard poodles, and we went pheasant hunting together. And the poodle that was only this high was the one that was doing the most of the hunting and the one that went in the water. And the ones that were really tall um, didn't necessarily want to do go in the water. So that was a fun memory, too, just to see his passion for bringing back that birdiness in a breed that has kind of had that bred out. But that just popped in my head right now. So that was a fun one. Bill has, of course, a laundry list of other memories as well. That's the weird thing about this job. We literally have been all over the world, right? The fish and hunter meet people, and it's it's not it's not about our experience. It's about the people we meet, and um, so.
Sometimes it's the simplest things. You know, last year I got an email uh, from somebody asking about, is there any way we could find an organization that would take a child out on a boat ride? Yeah, well, I have a boat, <laughs> you know, and I learned a little bit about Leo's story, and I said, we're going to take Leo for a boat ride, and we're going to do it Tuesday, you know. Um, Leo, it's a tough story. He was actually shaken as a baby, and he is slowly dying. And one of the things he wanted to do in this world was go for a boat ride. So that's why we're in business, to share those stories and maybe do a little good in the process. And uh, so it's, it's about the people, right? For me, it's, you know, for me now, I, I have sons. They get to take part and do things. And it's all about those experiences, right? Living through them. And, and the way we tell our stories on TV, that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make you feel something about all these people are out there. I think that's that's what the state fair is about, right? It it is about a bunch of different people who are here today and we are seeing a lot of strangers, but we all have the stuff in common and it might sound a little thick, but that's kind of what we do. We share stories. And that's why I watched the show. Well, oh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You have any other questions? So when do you guys think you'll get to Maple Lake? Uh, Maple Lake, just west of the Twin Cities. Yep, right, right above Buffalo. You, do you live on La Maple Lake? No, I don't. Well, it's I about, live in St. Michael. What are we missing? What's the hidden secret about Maple Lake? I was going to say, it's about 2.15. I know. And How I much could time probably do we have? be there about 5. <laughs> Maple Lake happens to be one of my favorite fisheries in the state because I live just about a half an hour away. Really? You have a story to share. No, I just like riding my bike around on lakes up there in the Maple Plain area, yep. Maple Lake. A ton of lakes right there. So, so I just I like to see you guys out there on them lakes instead of the big ones that are way away from here. Instead of Leech Lake and yeah. Mille Lacs and Lake well, of the I've, Woods. I've been on Lake Independence. That's a good, that's a good musky lake. I'll give, a, I'll give away that tip. That's a good one. I've had some good luck there. Maple is, so I got to tell you, have to share this story about Maple Lake. There's an airport on the west side, west side of the lake there. And there's a little shallow bay that tucks up right against the runway. That is one of our top water frogging spots. Where That's we giving go. away a good tip. So I have such vivid memories because we go back there at either sunrise or sunset. So the planes are coming and going and the lights of the runway are very vivid and that's cool. There Top water bass great, fishing's the best. Great memories from that lake. Awesome. Find us a story. We'll be there soon. All right. I think we have another we question. We do have right another question. Hi. Um, so I, I grew up watching your dad, um, you know, ever, ever since I was a little kid. And it was cool to see his legacy pass on to you guys. Um, so I was wondering, like, what your legacy, or do you guys want... What do you see your future, you know, like, are you going to pass on your legacy someday to maybe your kids or, I guess I'm not sure if you have kids or not, but um, do you want to see your um, legacy someday be passed on to? Well, you know, I, when, 
My dad passed the baton to Bill and I. I think we both can agree we had some big shoes to fill, and we were, um, you know, excited to for the opportunity. And, you know, I think Bill and myself, um, we both have... Um, I don't know how to say this. I guess we both have different ways of, of encouraging people or storytelling and bring our own uniqueness to the show. And for me, I hope, you know, if I had any hope or desire is just to inspire people to get outdoors and try new things, even if they haven't, um, specifically young ladies to spend time outdoors or kids in general. Um, I think it's great to get some time away from electronics and uh, what I call a microwave society where everybody wants things instantly. And when you head into the outdoors, um, you're taught a really good, a lot of really good life lessons um, from patience that um, things are not always going to go your way when you're outdoors, how to be prepared, never quit, um, work hard. You know, you're, to catch a muskie, you got to spend a lot of time on the water, and that takes a lot of commitment and discipline. And all of those things really add up when you, um, you know, to really lead a successful life. So it's really good for your mental health to spend time outdoors. And so if that can do that by sharing the stories and maybe some place, somebody may want to visit that state park that we were at. Um, for me, that's, that's a, a good thing. So that is my hope when people watch that they are inspired to not only take care of our, our environment, but also go out there and explore it themselves for their own well-being. First off, I'm a lot older than you. I don't so know I don't if you are, Bill. I don't have to worry Bill. about it because someday I just won't be there anymore <laughs> and you can just take the baton and run. <laughs> I don't know what do you, I mean, we got to teach Millie how to speak English then at that point. Uh, we're not looking that far out. We're just trying to continue Ron's legacy, right? Uh, I was joking when I said, you know, television shows are a little bit like restaurants, but it's a fine line, right? Restaurants come and go. There's a, somebody could call up tomorrow and kick us off the air and, and then we're done. So... So we're just trying to aspire to continue to tell great stories that move people. And I think as long as we do that, the show continues. Uh, how long that is, I don't know. Hopefully a long, long time, right? We are transitioning a little bit. The Internet's a thing. It's not going anywhere. And so people are getting a lot of their media online. So we're doing things online as well. Um, and it... It looks like there's an audience there, people who want these stories. So where we end up, I don't know, but we're just trying to continue on a day-to-day -day doing as well as we can. And the stories keep coming. You know, you think about being on air for 27 years, are you ever going to run out of stories? And they don't. They, you always, you know, each, each quarter uh, we sit down as a group and go over everybody's story ideas to make sure we're not doing only fishing stories or that we have a variety of stories that we're telling. So we meet as a group to go over what stories everybody's going to film for that fall season or spring or whatever. And there's always, every time we sit down, there are very unique stories that either we're finding or someone may approach us about a story. We always encourage people to send story ideas into our Facebook page or Instagram page, you know, um, so that's been really neat because Minnesota just has so many stories to tell when it comes to the outdoors and people are very passionate about the outdoors. So it's um, for now, We've got a lot of stories to tell, and I think that's going to continue. So I sure hope so. Yeah. Good question. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you go. We did it. Another podcast, another state fair. Just starting. Just starting. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the cabin, the Minnesota Mount Cabin is located in the North Woods. 
Kickley's work will be there. We have a lot of other stuff in the cabin. A lot of goodies. That relates to stories we share. It's true. Um, so stop by. We hope you find something of interest. And other than that, thank you for watching, really, because the show doesn't happen without an audience. That's so true. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank all the sponsors who helped make the Minnesota Bound podcast happen. Of course, Connecticut. The Shirks use Connecticut water. You should, too. Also, our good friends at Star Bank, the Bank of Minnesota Bound, the Minnesota Propane Association, Hewitt Docks, the Minnesota Historical Society, and North Dakota Tourism. And last but not least, introduce a kid to the great outdoors. We'll talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.